What is going on, everybody? Welcome back here today to episode 13 of the Just Ballin' Podcast. My name is Matthew Geist, and it's been a minute now. I do apologize. It's been over 10 days since the last episode, episode 12, where we talked about 20 trades for the 2020 trade deadline with my friend Tom. But yeah, today's episode, we're going to be talking about kind of some trades, some rumors that's been happening, and who we think are going to make the playoffs This is a solo pod, but welcome back if you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or YouTube. I will also have another episode, episode 14, coming out, I believe, on this weekend or on MLK Day. And that is going to be my all-star picks for the 2020 all-star game. But we'll get to that when that episode comes today. Yeah, we're here today. I'm back at school. I just started my second semester as a junior at Temple. On Monday the 13th, I believe you guys will be seeing this on the 15th. And yeah, it's going to be a jam-packed semester for me. I am taking 21 credits, so it's going to be a ride. I'm taking three core finance classes because my my major is finance. So I'm taking corporate finance, I'm taking international finance, and I'm taking security analysis and portfolio management. I'm also taking data computing and statistical analysis, which is basically learning R. If you don't know what that is, it's kind of like Python, Java, C++, or something like that. It's a coding language. I'm sure you've heard of at least one of those, so it's basically that. And then I'm also taking risk management, which is kind of like a temple business class you have to take here. Um, It's just about like managing risk and stuff like that, kind of like what people like nationwide do. And then I'm taking two gen eds. One is exploring music. Apparently, it's like one of the easier ones here. And then geology, uh, disasters versus Hollywood. It's uh, You watch a lot of movies. So I picked like two fairly easy gen eds because, yeah, my schedule is going to be rough, but I still plan on uploading this pod at least once a week and then still uploading five times on youtube so yeah let's get into the episode enough about me uh how are you all doing i hope everyone's doing well if you're listening to this on your way to school at your lunch period on your way to work whatever uh but yeah i want to talk about the philadelphia 76ers to start off this video now the philadelphia 76ers at this current moment are 25 and 16. They just lost to Indiana last night. They won't have Joel Embiid for at least another week with that in, uh, finger injury that he had surgery on, and they have problems. The Al Horford fit is not working, and it's not going how they expected it to. He's not fitting well with Embiid when Embiid is playing, and when he's not, he's not really playing like a guy you want to be paying 25 plus million dollars a year for, and he's going to be making that for at least the next three years after this year. People say it's now the worst contract in basketball. I mean, he's still been fine defensively this year. He's shooting 34 from three. It's not bad. Um, He's still passing the ball well. He's still being a good defender. But he is 33 years old. So it's definitely not a good contract whatsoever. It goes 28 million this year, 27 and a half next year, 27 million the following year in his age 36 season. And then I believe 26 and a half million when he's 37 or he's about to turn 37. That's... Not a good contract, but we are going to start off with a trade that I want to propose. If you do watch my YouTube videos, you saw this on my channel a couple days ago with the 76ers, and that was the Philadelphia 76ers trading Al Horford, Zaire Smith, and possibly a first-round pick. It could be a heavily protected first-round pick that could turn into two seconds. Obviously, the former top, or the former, I believe Zaire Smith was the 16th overall pick. And the 2018 draft will be kind of the main part of this trade. But they're going to go to Oklahoma City. And they're going to go out and acquire Chris Paul. Because Chris Paul has had a top five point guard season. And honestly, he deserves to make the All-Star game in my opinion. I think he's probably had the best year on that OKC team. You could probably make an argument for uh, Shea or for Gallinari. But I think Chris Paul deserves some love. And I think if one Thunder should get in, it should be Chris Paul. 
He's averaging 16.5 points this year. Um, so up from last year, his 15.5 last year with Houston, where he only played 58 games. He's only played 58 games in those previous two years. So he played 58 in 2017-18. He's played 58 last year. And he's already at 40 this year. He needs 18 more to reach what his um, game mark was last year. He's averaging 47% from the field, 36 from three, and he's taking about four and a half threes a night. He's shooting 90% from the line, um, something he hasn't done in two years. And yeah, he's averaging six and a half assists a game, five rebounds, and he's been a solid defender. His fourth quarter numbers are really good. He's stepping up when it counts. His mid-range jumper at the elbow is still one of the best shots in basketball, still one of the best mid-range jumpers in all of basketball. And I think if Philly could acquire Chris Paul, now in the playoffs, you can run out a Chris Paul. You're probably your best lineup would be Paul Richardson, Harris, Simmons, and B. Now you can have Simmons not be the primary ball handler. It would be Chris Paul, and you can have him kind of work the block, work the offensive glass, work kind of off ball pick and rolls, um, or off ball screens. He could be the screen setter because you know Ben Simmons isn't running off screens. Maybe he can, but closer to the paint, obviously not in the three point arc. And I think it would definitely be an upgrade over Al Horford because then you can move Simmons to the three or the four, and you could have either Harris at the three or the four. And I think it gives you that closer because in the fourth quarter, when the game's on the line, who are you giving the ball to? You're giving it to Embiid? Probably. But what happens if, like, it's not going to work in the paint? What happens if they're double teaming? Who's taking that shot? Right now, it's Tobias Harris. Do you trust Tobias Harris, Philly fans, to take that final shot for you guys? I don't know. The Sixers are eighth in net rating at this current moment. So they are um, still one of, they're still a top 10 team. In all of basketball, their offensive rating is 17th, which is below average, and their defensive rating is still pretty good. It is at 8. So that's kind of what's keeping them afloat right now. And they are just a half a game back of Indiana, and they're only a half a game back, or they're a full game back, excuse me, of Toronto, three full games back of Miami, three and a half of Boston, and then 10 back of Milwaukee at the one seed. So yeah, I think this is a trade they need to make. When I brought up this trade to all my Sixers friends at school, because everybody here is a uh, Sixers fan, mainly because I go to school in Philadelphia, they all thought that there was a CJ McCollum chance. Now, they're like, I was like, yeah, you give up Al Horford, and before I finish my sentence, they thought I was going to say CJ McCollum, not Chris Paul. Is that a rumor I just don't know about? Like, I've never heard that before, and I don't believe that that would be enough. I do think that the Blazers might, you know, could uh, blow it up or something like that. Um, but yeah, 76 um, interest. The 76ers' interest in CJ McCollum is nothing but made up rumors. That's uh, what sports illustrated reporter um but yeah uh Woj uh, reported that there is a couple teams interested in CJ McCollum but I don't think that they're gonna move them I don't think they're gonna blow it up midseason if they do it's gonna happen in the offseason but I think the Trailblazers are still gonna try to contend next year when they're fully healthy and they'll have a little bit of cap space to kind of build around CJ Dame Nurkic um Zach Collins and etc going into the offseason or next year and if they bring back Melo we'll see but yeah I, and they're like, we can do Al Horford, Zara Smith in a first. I don't think they would do that for McCollum. I think if you want McCollum, you got to put Ben Simmons on the table. And I don't even know if Portland would do that. Because right now, I'd rather have CJ McCollum over Ben Simmons. I wouldn't say it's like a huge gap between the two players. But just the ability to space the floor for McCollum, I think I might take that if I'm Philly. But then again, who's your point guard? It comes down to that. Because then you're going to have Trey Burke, Ryan Nets over on your offense. It's not going to work. And Ben Simmons is obviously a great defender. He's great in transition. Great rebounder. Great passer. Good screen setter. Um, good ball handler. I don't think either team would even consider making that move. Unless Philly is giving up Al Horford. But Portland's not doing that. But yeah, that is just kind of what I thought Philly should possibly do. Now, I do want to move over to another trade rumor. That is Andre Drummond to the Knicks. 
<laughs> this was reported by the stadium slash Psalms um, the other day. And apparently the Blazers, or not the Blazers, excuse me. <laughs> We're not on the Blazers anymore. The Pistons offered Julius Randle and Frank Neal Aquina to the Knicks. And the Knicks declined. Now, I, I don't really get that trade for both teams because one, Julius Randle and Blake Griffin would be a horrible fit. It would be a terrible defensive front court. It's undersized. Julius Randle is not really a good floor spacer. Um, and Blake, he's not going to play more than 50 games probably for the rest of his career. Or right now, that might be a little harsh. More than 65, I would say, for the rest of his career. I mean, Julius Randle is shooting 28% from three down from 34 last year, and Blake Griffin is most likely missing this whole season. Um, Blake Griffin has, hasn't has played more than 65, or he played 75 last year, but before that, it was like five previous years before he played 65 plus. So I think his days of playing near 70 are over, even though he did it last year. It was his best year of his career. I just don't think it's happening anymore. And if you're the Knicks, why would you want Andre Drummond and Mitchell Robinson? I mean, if they did Julius Randle straight up for Andre Drummond, sure, you get off that cap next year, and if Drummond walks, he walks, or then you can maybe try to flip Drummond for two seconds and then hey you got salary relief in two seconds you could do that but now we're just getting into hypotheticals here i don't think that trade's gonna happen i don't think the knicks are trading for andre drummond now i want to talk about maybe some teams that would trade for andre drummond uh there's not many and i don't know who would want to give up premier assets because i know that detroit wants a first round pick for andre drummond but james edwards i believe of the athletic reported i think he covers the uh, pistons he reported that no teams interested in drummond have been offering a first round pick so that's kind of where teams are valuing drummond at the moment and it's hard i think there's i think an interesting team that could trade for drummond would be the Toronto Raptors. Now, Drummond got worked the other night, um, I believe against the Pelicans, or um, excuse me, it was not the Pelicans. It was the, oh, it was Julio Okafor. Yeah, yeah that's who worked him. Um, but yeah, Andre Drummond just sometimes doesn't look like he tries on defense. People say he's the most overrated defensive rim protector in the league. I still think he's a positive player. I just don't think he's worth more than 25 million a year, and that's what he might get. But I think if Toronto was willing to maybe part ways with Marcus Saul and they threw Marcus Saul in, I don't know who else you'd probably have to get to make the salary work out because I don't think they would want to give up Norman Powell because he's had a nice season, but he is currently hurt. Maybe they would do Gasol and Ibaka, but I think they'd rather keep Ibaka over Gasol just because Gasol can really play good defense on like a Joel Embiid in the playoffs. Um, you'd probably have to do Marcus Saul or Serge Ibaka. You could probably get it done with Serge Ibaka and Patrick McCaw or Serge Ibaka and Stanley Johnson, and then maybe you want to throw a super protected first round pick in there that unless it's like top 25 protected, so they need to make at least a second round or something like that, and then they can, and then it can convey into a second or two. They could do something like that. Um, I don't think that they would want to give up like a Terrence Davis or a Chris Boucher. Maybe they'll throw like Matt Thomas in that trade or something like that. Or, yeah, they're not going to be moving Ochi and Obi for an Andre Drummond. That's just not happening. Toronto wouldn't do that. But I think they would be an interesting team. They are going to need a center next year, and it's going to be a hard decision for Masai Ujiri. Are you going to bring back Marcus Saul? Are you? Are, are you going to bring back Serge Ibaka? We'll see on that. So they could be an interesting team to possibly trade for Drummond. Uh, the one rumored team was the Atlanta Hawks. Now, they definitely have the salary to match that trade, which Drummond, I thought in my head, I was going to tweet this out, but like I don't think Atlanta would do this. I just kind of thought it would be an interesting idea in my head that the Atlanta Hawks trade the Brooklyn first. So, you know, they don't might not have to do this in this trade, but they're going to trade Chandler Parsons, who's making $25 million, Evan Turner, who's making 18 and Alan Crabb, who's making 18 So that's about $51 million. Excuse me, that's $61 million in outgoing salary. And they take back Andre Drummond and Blake Griffin.
Now, the reason Atlanta does this, they get immediately better, but they wouldn't do that this year because Blake is probably not coming back uh, this year. Pistons probably aren't making the playoffs. And then for Detroit, you would maybe do this just to get off the Blake Griffin contract. It opens up more flexibility in the offseason, and they don't have to kind of worry about Blake being kind of like a stopgap for them, and they can kind of full rebuild without any kind of aging contracts on their team. And if you're Atlanta, you rehab Blake Griffin, and you actually have a respectable starting five next year. Let's say hypothetically they get Anthony Edwards in the draft. You roll out a young Edwards DeAndre Hunter, Blake Drummond, starting five, that's respectable. But do you want to do that if you're Atlanta? Probably not. Nobody's probably going to want to trade for Blake Griffin. I just thought that would be an interesting trade, and they wouldn't have to give up any really valuable assets. Maybe DeAndre Bremby, uh, maybe a second-round pick, something like that. I don't think that they would want to give up the Brooklyn first if they're taking back Blake Griffin's massive contract, who I believe he's under contract for two more years, um, or he's under contract at least next year, and then a player option, I believe, following that. Um, I could be wrong, but yeah, so he's under contract this year, 34 mil. 36 million next year and then 38 million in 2021 2022 and that's a player option and he's probably going to be picking that up because he will be pushing 33 then so yeah um and speaking of contracts i'm just gonna segue uh, segue from the andre drummond talks i'm actually doing something right now i'm working on it i'll give you guys a sneak preview just to talk about it um i'm kind of making my own salary cap sheets i just want to pull it up to see how many teams i have um but yeah i'm just putting every team um into a spreadsheet into a microsoft or excuse me a google sheets uh, a spreadsheet on google drive um i'm just trying to pull it up as i speak i have 15 teams done so i honestly think i might be done by martin luther king day and i'm gonna tweet that out maybe i'll throw it on youtube but yeah it's pretty much every team salary cap situation for the next five years who's going to be a restricted free agent when are they going to be unrestricted team options player options non-guarantees uh, dead cap. So like if you go to the LA Lakers, they're still paying Will Deng $5 million. Um, so that'll be on there. Their salary, their guaranteed salary, their cap holds, their cap space, their tax space, their two-way players, and their projected cap space for 2020. It's something I'm working on. Um, and I should have that done by Martin Luther King Day, I'm hoping. Um, if I just grind it out because it takes me about 20 minutes to do per team. Um, and I've been doing about five teams a day. Um, or at least three to five teams a day, but school just started up. But yeah, uh, you'll see that when it comes out. Just wanted to give you guys a sneak peek um, of what I was doing there. So yeah, I think the Pistons and the Hawks probably, uh, excuse me, the Raptors and the Hawks make the most sense for an Andre Drummond destination. I know that the Celtics were interested, but you have to give up Gordon Hayward, and I don't think that's happening. Even though in the long run, that might be something that they should do. Uh, they're not trading Gordon Hayward. Um, his first year back, fully healthy from that gruesome leg injury um, because last year was kind of a rehab year. He's having a good year. They don't want to just do what they did to Isaiah Thomas. They're not, I don't think they're trading him. Charlotte would be interesting because if they think that Atlanta might outbid them, they could go after him. Maybe they can offer Marvin Williams or they can just straight up Nicholas Batum in a second for Drummond. Or if they just say screw it, they want to offer Nicholas Batum in a first or maybe Detroit would be interested in one of their young guys like Malik Monk or maybe like a Miles Bridges, but I don't think they would give up Miles Bridges, but I think they would definitely give up Malik Monk um, and maybe Malik Monk needs a new change of scenery because he's been bad lately. I just recently tweeted about him and it, it wasn't a promising tweet. It was that Malik Monk over his last seven games, I tweeted this out on the 13th, 15 minutes a game, three and a half points a game, 27% from the field. 21% from three, and he's averaging more turnovers than free throws attempted per game. So, yeah, he's pretty much that B-word. You know what the B-word is. I'm not going to say it, but yeah, he's pretty much that at this point, at least in his time in Charlotte. So, yeah, I mean, 
if you're going to the Western Conference, I haven't mentioned a team that would maybe be interested in Drummond. I mean, the Clippers probably. Um, you gave up maybe Mo Harkless, Roddy Magruder, and maybe something else, and then you could probably throw in Kevin Jelly, or you can throw in Jerome Robinson in the first, and you could maybe get there. Like, you could possibly get there if you're the Clippers, and that would be honestly a monster move, but then you're kind of playing Montrezl Harrell, Zubats, and Drummond, so it's going to be hard to allocate those minutes because you're mainly playing Kawhi or PG at the four, so that would be hard. Um, they could definitely, I think, get the the deal done with Sari actually it'd be Mo Harkless at 11 mil Magruder at about five so that gets you to 16 Patterson nah this eh, you'd probably have to do Jerome Robinson Patterson but now you're doing like a four for one and then the Pistons are gonna have to wait four players yeah the Clippers actually aren't a viable destination in a trade for Andre Drummond Dallas would be interesting as well you could probably do Courtney Lee Maxi Kleba or Dwight Powell um and maybe that Warriors pick or maybe that they like Isaiah Roby or uh, somebody like that. But I don't think that Dallas wants to do that. I think they want cap flexibility in 2021. Portland, maybe they would give up their first in Hassan Whiteside. Maybe. And then they could have Drummond at the five, Nurkic at the four for the playoffs, Melo at the three, and then the Lillard McCollum backcourt. That could be something, but I think that's a desperate move. Um, I think Sacramento would definitely have been interested in them if it wasn't for the breakout year for Sean Holmes, um, who's being a valuable uh, or a valued starter for them. And I don't think Golden State makes a move like that. Um, so, yeah, those are the teams that I think would be maybe interested in a Andre Drummond. But it's not a lot. Maybe Cleveland would. Um, they could trade one of their bad contracts um, and try to get there. And then maybe offer a second round pick or one of their young players like uh, Dylan Windler, who's out for the year or something. But I don't think that happens. I think it would be, honestly, I think it's going to come down between Charlotte and Atlanta. I don't know which team is going to do it, but I think it's going to come down to one of those two. All right, guys, to wrap out episode 13 of the Just Bomb podcast, we're going to be predicting who's going to be making the playoffs on January 14th. I'm just going to do um, all eight teams in each conference um, that are going to make it. I'm not going to do seeding because that's just going to get too difficult. Um, but yeah, we can start with the Eastern Conference, which I think will be a little bit easier than the Western Conference. Uh, one seed, Milwaukee Bucks. I think they're going to stay there. Um, they're obviously making the playoffs, but I think they're going to be the one seed. Best record in basketball. Best point differential in basketball. Best net rating in basketball. They're the best team in basketball at the moment. I think they are 100%. Being the one seed, they have the best defensive rating. They have the, I believe, they're, um, they have the best offensive rating. No, excuse me. That is that is false. I'm not going to say that. But they have the third best offensive rating. They're going to make the playoffs as the one seed, I think. Uh, two seed, Boston Celtics, they're making the playoffs. All right, we can go a little bit quicker here. Uh, Miami Heat, they're making the playoffs. Raptors making the playoffs. Pacers at five. 25 and 15, Oladipo comes back in about two weeks, they could be risers. They could be up to the three seed. And then I think you want to be the two or the three seed, especially the two seed. Because if you're the two seed, you're going to play probably Orlando or Brooklyn in round one, which is a lot better than playing Philly or maybe Indiana, whoever is the six seed. That's a good team. Way better than that. And you're on the other side of the bracket than the Bucks, so you don't have to face them until the conference finals. So I think the Pacers could be risers, especially with Oladipo coming back. And they're definitely making the playoffs. Philly, they're making the playoffs. Now, I think it's going to be Orlando and Brooklyn that make it. I don't think Brooklyn falls out. That's if Kyrie was like out for the year, but he's back. And I don't think Charlotte's good enough or Chicago, Detroit, Washington, Cleveland, Knicks, or Atlanta. They're not being um, better than the Nets for the rest of the season. I think Chicago has the best chance out of those teams over Charlotte to make the playoffs. I don't think they're going to. They lost Mundo Carter Jr. for, I think, four to six weeks with the ankle sprain. It might be out longer than that. I believe he might have had a similar injury. Um, last year, and they're playing Luke Kennard as or Luke Kennard, Luke Cornett as their starting center. So it's going to be pretty rough going out for the 
Bulls. So yeah, I got Bucks, Celtics, Heat, Raptors, Pacers, Sixers, Magic, and Nets making the playoffs in the Eastern Conference. Now moving over to the West. This will be a little bit trickier. Okay, Siri just went off. I did not need to know if you were here. Apologize if you heard that. So actually, seven teams should be easy. Lakers is the one. Denver is the two. Okay, so um, they're both making the playoffs. Jazz are making the playoffs. They're the three seed at this current moment. Rockets is the fourth seed. They're making the playoffs. Mavericks as the six. They're making the playoffs. I don't know why I skipped over the five seed Clippers, but they're making the playoffs. Seven seed of Thunder. Unless they do a fire sale at the deadline, unless Gallo, Adams, Schroeder, Chris Paul, they're all gone. They're making the playoffs. And then the eight seed. So currently Memphis is the eight seed. Shout out to Memphis, man. Um, that pick is probably going to convey to Boston this year. Um, and in a weaker draft, hey, that might not be bad for Zach Kleeman and company. So I don't think Memphis is going to make the playoffs. I think it's going to come down between San Antonio and Portland. I'm going to go, mm, it's tough. I don't think Minnesota or Phoenix gets in there. Sacramento, no. Pels, maybe. Zion is coming back on Thursday, I believe, to face the Jazz. And then the Warriors. So I don't think the Warriors are making it. I don't think Minnesota is making it. I don't think Memphis is going to make it. So that's three out of those what? One, two, three, four, five, six, eight teams. So three of the eight teams, I don't think. I don't think the Kings are making it. Too many injuries. They got a lot to catch up. I think that's four to the eight that are making it. As much as I would love to see Phoenix, I don't think they're making it. So that's five teams eliminated. So it comes down to the Pelicans, Blazers, and Spurs. Honestly, because I don't think Collins is coming back till March. And I don't think Nurkic is coming back till after the All-Star break. You know what? I'm going to say it comes down between the Pelicans and the Spurs. And I'm going to go Spurs, but it could be the Pels. I would rate it Spurs, Pelicans, Blazers, and then probably Grizzlies, Suns, T-Wolves, Kings, Warriors probably is my order. So in the Western Conference, we got the Lakers, Nuggets, Jazz, Rockets, Clippers, Mavericks, Thunder, and then the San Antonio Spurs. But I wouldn't be surprised if it's Portland or if it's the Pels. But if it's the Suns, Timberwolves, Kings, or Warriors... I'd be a little bit surprised. So yeah, those are the 16 teams I think that are going to make the playoffs. And we're about through the halfway mark of the season. So yeah, that is going to wrap out episode 13 of the Just Ballin' Podcast. In the next episode, in episode 14, I will be giving you guys my Eastern and Western Conference All-Stars, Starters, and Reserves. So that'll be a fun one to talk about that. And yeah, so that is going to be for me for episode 13. If you guys are listening on Spotify... Thank you. And if you could drop a follow on there, I'd appreciate that. If you guys are listening on Apple Podcasts, thank you. If you could drop a rating and review, I'd appreciate that. And then if you're watching on YouTube, so just sitting on YouTube, if you could drop a like and a comment, I'd appreciate that. So yeah, that is going to be for me. Hope you guys have a great day and I'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace.